This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So here we are, another episode of HFC chat. Pools have now played four games, three in the league, one in the cup. We've got one point, we've conceded 10, and we finally scored the one goal via Josh Umrah, which we'll touch on later when we review the Northampton game. But first of all, we'll just have a quick look back at Wimbledon and Blackburn. Unfortunately, Davo couldn't make those games as he was at Butlins away. So um, I went I went instead. Um, to watch the lads heading into the Wimbledon game, I must say it was. Um, I probably wasn't as excited as I would have been for the first home game of the season. I think losing 4 0 to Walsall obviously put a bit of a uh, dampener on it, but of course, you've always got to back the lads. It's one game, um, you've got to kind of put it, put it behind us. I know that we were feeling a little bit more confident when we recorded the last podcast um, heading into the new season. I think if we'd been recording one before the Wimbledon game or before now, it would have been pretty negative. Um, But yeah, in terms of the Wimbledon game, it was a really, really poor first half. We were, yeah, we just didn't look at the races. We were really, really slow, in my opinion, coming from back to front. We looked like we lacked ideas. Um, the second half, we we grew into the game. We did, you know, there were some positives. We hit the bar through you and Murray. Um, we had a, a shot cleared off the line as well, and we did look better than we did in the first half. But having said that, anything would have been an improvement. So, yeah, um, there's not much more really to add to that. I guess if you'd said, would you take a point against a team that just got relegated from League One, having lost four 0 the previous week? Of course, you would have done. Um. I just think the performance was was very average. I know people will, will disagree with that. Some people will agree with that. Um, but that's football, that's opinions. Um, so not much more to say on that, really. Um, the first point of the season coming at home to Wimbledon. And we did move on to Blackburn on the Wednesday night. Um, Carabao Cup action. Over 450 Pools fans went. So credit to every single one of you that went down there. I think... When I look back on going into the game, I wasn't confident. I didn't go there expecting a result. I obviously had in the back of my mind it's a cup game that we can obviously um, nick something here. There's there's the opportunity for that to happen. But he didn't know Blackburn, top of the championship. Um, you really didn't expect us to come away with a result. And then you see the lineup come out. There's eight changes, more minutes for or minutes for some of them that haven't even played yet. Um, which I can understand why you do it. Um, I really can, but I just think changing eight players after we've conceded four goals in two games and haven't scored any, was that the right choice? I don't think so personally. Um you know, I, I thought we, we defended well. 
um, to start with. I thought Senna put in some fantastic challenges. Um, Mo Silla, the new signing, looked really good in midfield. Um, and, you know, we, we, although we didn't have much of the ball, we, we looked all right. I don't like to pick out individuals, but I thought Tumulty was out of position every single time. Um, there didn't seem to be anything happening down the right-hand side. But in fairness, we didn't really have the ball. We were kind of just sitting sitting deep and, and it was wave after wave of Blackburn attacking. And I think... You know, once they, they get the first goal, granted the striker took it really well. Um, I think he had a free header, so that was disappointing. And then obviously they, they just get three three more and, and in pretty quick succession, it just completely... I mean, scoring the second goal a minute after we've come out for the second half just completely blew any kind of hope and optimism that we had, Um, you know, to, to maybe nick one back. They brought on um, Josh Umareh and uh, Jake Hasty came on as well. Um, those were two standouts from coming on. I thought Umareh looked brilliant. I think he probably had the opportunity to use the ball or flick on or whatever, perhaps 10 times in the five or 10 minutes that he was on the pitch. And I must say he used the ball extremely well, um, held it up well, showed good strength, good tenacity. Um, so that was a real positive. Hasty did look good. Um, in fairness, he got a few balls across, and um, yeah, it, it was just one of those you've you've got to write it off. Um, I've put a tweet out on my personal account. Um, after the game, you know, you try to kind of take away the emotion straight away. Um, of the the result and kind of tweet without that there, but there's always going to be some of it, and I think my main issue. Um, as I've outlined in the tweet, was that Paul Hartley once again didn't come over to the fans um, and thank us for, for coming to watch. Um, as I've said in the tweet, we're the ones who pay to watch the games and pay the wages. So at least like the players did, show some gratitude, in my opinion. Um, you know, he did it against Walsall after we lost 4-0. I get it. When you've lost 4-0, the last thing you want to be doing is having to face it. Um, from the fans, so to speak, um, but you know you've you've just got to take it and and like the players did, they came and thanked us. The it's a Wednesday night, over four hundred and fifty have travelled down. Okay, it's cut price tickets, but you know just thank us. That's all we're asking for. We're not asking you for anything fancy. Um, just at least you know show a bit of gratitude towards. I think that's probably one of the things that annoyed me most. Um, about Wednesday night. So, you know, looking back on it, Blackburn quality side knocked the ball about really well, um, took the opportunities um, and outclassed us. And I, I can deal with that. Um, I just think that we weren't at really showing much. Um, and obviously, I don't don't think making eight changes helped. However, I don't want to ramble on. Um, that's those two games out the way. We are going to, um, of course, have a look back on Northampton Town, um, we made the journey down um, on Saturday to go and watch the boys. Um, so we'll, we'll take a look back on Northampton. I know Davo's going to um, take the lead on the lead on that um, that part of the podcast a little bit later on. But we decided today to put out a tweet um, to kind of give give you as listeners a bit of um, opportunity to influence what we talk about on the podcast. I think, it's, as we always say, it's vitally important that you're involved. It's vitally important that we listen to what you want to hear. 
um, and that we discuss the topics that are important to you. Um, and the first tweet, one of the first tweets that came in, which is really intriguing, I'll ask you your thoughts in a minute, Davo, was asking about um, getting the views on how you think our squad will go on to perform or finish this season um, once we've had chance to gel as a squad. Steve's also said there's lots of negativity online after four games. And in his view, which he's completely entitled to, it's all a bit premature. Now, from my side of things, in terms of looking forward at how the squad is going to perform, I can't really, I can't really say um, exactly or put a finger on it because it's really early doors. Um, as Steve's rightly said, and as a lot of people would say, I think before Saturday heading to Northampton, I would have said we're going to continue to struggle, and I think we could still struggle, but there are positives. And as Steve said, the, there is time and there is going to be time for us to gel as a squad. Um, I think we could do well if it's one of them that we've, we've discussed. And I don't like to talk too much about the whole Scotland thing. Um, it could either go really well or it could completely flop. Um, now there's been bright, Spark standout players for myself like Alex Lacey. I think he's looked class. I think Josh Omer has looked good. I think Ewan Murray's looked solid. Um, I think Cook's had some um promising, promising patches of play, so to speak. So in terms of saying how I think the squad will go on to perform or finish this season, I can't exactly put my finger on it. I think a better gauge is probably after about ten games. Um, something like that, we'll have a better idea of how the squad, I mean, that's, we wanted them to gel quickly. I don't think they're completely gelled. They're still getting used to playing with each other. Um, but in I can't give you where we're going to finish the season, but in terms of how we're going to perform, I think there is um, potential in the squad, I think is the best way for me to say it. And I know we're going to talk, um, Nick McNaughton's come up with a question about um, comparing it to where we were last season. I know that we'll look at the... Um, compare the squads later on after we've done the Northampton review. Um, but Davo, you know, what do you think in terms of how the squad will go on to perform? And is there any, you know, can you comment on how we're going to finish this season? Or once again, is it is it too early for that? I think first and foremost, um, really good question by Steve. Um, yeah. It is, it's a good question. With, it's just so difficult to answer. Um, I think like you've said, obviously... <laughs> I've missed the Wimbledon game, missed the Blackburn game, but going off Saturday, and I know it wasn't like, oh my God, wow, this is brilliant, but I thought there was more than enough positives to take in terms of actually how we played. I think, from my point of view, and I don't know if you agree or many other people will agree, but the longer we go on without winning, it will become taxing, it will become draining. Mm. But I honestly think, and I said this to my dad, and I said this to a few people actually. I think, I think if we do get that first win, whether it's on Tuesday, whatever it is, I think I'd like to think we could kick on. I think from the early parts, you've identified a couple of players who have shown quality were quite clearly and evidently not finished in this summer window. I think with a few more additions. I think with more game time for the players to gel, more time on the training ground, practising the way we want to play, set pieces, 
strategies, that kind of thing. I mean, once we get that first win, I am confident that maybe, and I'm not suggesting or implying for a single second that we're going to kick on and all of a sudden become world beaters. But I think we could, you know, I think we could have every opportunity to have a, a respectable finish, something good to take from this season that we could go into next season and build on, in my opinion. I know it's, it's difficult maybe to see it now, but I just think, you know, maybe give this process time and, and see how we finish the end of August on and off the pitch. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to, um, you know, to emphasise that we need to give the squad and the management team time. I think that's very important. Um, one player that I didn't mention, I should have mentioned, Ben Killip. I think he's been brilliant. Um, and he's, yeah, all right. Some people will laugh and say, look, we've conceded 10 goals um, in the games that we've played. But you've also got to look at what's in front of him. And I know we're about to go on to the Northampton review, which you're going to take the lead on, Davo. But Ben Killip, the first goal, he makes two absolutely unbelievable saves at point blank range um, to deny the first. And obviously the guy beats um, one of our defenders. But look, I think there are some positive positives to take and there's some potential in the squad. However, I'm not going to say I'm convinced yet. Um, and I'm a far from being convinced. But of course, we just got to continue getting behind the boys each week and, and every single game to hopefully get them onto that first win. As you say, as we discussed on Saturday on the way back, if we do get that first win, you know, perhaps that will instill some confidence because I'm pretty sure the players will be relatively low on confidence due at the start. So, yeah, let, let's just see what, what goes on. Um, but, Steve, thank you very much for raising that um, point. Davo, I know you're going to take the lead on Northampton now, so if you just want to um, take that away and also perhaps um, explain to us all why you were so slow to react in when we scored as well. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I can't explain that. But, yeah, first and foremost, moving on to our most recent outing which came just on Saturday like you've already said early on in this this episode we made the trip down with our good friends um first and foremost the conditions were absolutely ridiculous um 33 plus degree heat um and that's not me making any form of excuses I mean you know but very tough conditions for the for the lads to be going out into but um in terms of the actual game Again, I can only talk on where I've seen the season, which was Walsall away, and there was it, it was a a huge improvement um, against a side who last year were up there fighting for automatic promotion. Um, a side who I thought on Saturday were a poor opposite of that. I didn't think Northampton were were that good, in my opinion. Um, first goal, obviously, like you've said, um, forced two. Brilliant saves from Ben Killip. Um, there was a massive scramble in and around the, the six-yard box and ultimately it was just too much for Pools and for Killip to deal with in a scruffy goal by, well, funnily enough, by a Pools target, Tyler McGloy. Um, but after that, Pools, you know, in, my, in all due respect, didn't, didn't collapse. Um, heads were kept up, carried on well, given the conditions and... Plays, I thought the times relatively good football, and at the perfect time, just before half time, we win a free kick just on the left hand side of the Northampton box. 
a cracking delivery by, I think it was Ferguson, could be wrong. And through all great desire, fight, energy, a, uh, a goal's a goal, but yeah, great goal by Umara, who we spoke about um, as one of the standouts of this season. And Pools um, came out, I thought, with a lot of fight, energy, early part of the second half. Um, looked relatively comfortable. But then, obviously, comes that, that, that one moment where Pools sloppy in possession and Northampton have got a ball into the box, which is which is spilled by Killip. Um, and then, obviously, the handball that followed by Lacey, which led to a couple of minutes of confusion. Um, I don't know about you, Jack. Obviously, I didn't know for a couple of minutes what was going on exactly. Seemingly, it looked as if Pools might have got away with one, but then it looked as if it might have been a penalty. But then Sonny awards them the goal and gives Alex Lacey the yellow card for the deliberate handball. And even at 2-1, I thought going on that Pools were never wrote out of the game. Pools still came forward and we had some decent opportunities. Omer again, a header and a couple of opportunities for him. And then the one moment where you think Pools were going to get back on level terms when Ferguson got the ball deep into the box, came round the keeper. He couldn't get a shot off, but then it ball fell at Warmer. And in all due respect, forced an absolutely world-class save out of the of the Northampton goalkeeper. In my opinion, I know you're shaking your head there, Jack, on the opposite side of the Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Pools just couldn't get over the line, couldn't get that draw in. And obviously went on to get B2-1. Obviously, coming away from that game, I said to you and the lads in the car, I was a little bit kind of aggrieved to lose to, you know, to Scruffy Gold. But such is football. I, I'm not going to complain too much because, I, you know, the conditions and etc. But also, I think there was, there was positives to take from that. And I think, personally, to build on that, in the coming weeks, I don't think we are a million miles away from seeing the first three points. I don't know what you thought, Jack. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I think I was probably shaking my head more in disbelief that we didn't finish that chance. And, you know, people have said it's a world-class save. Yeah, he's done he's done well to get across, but oh, I like he's three, he's three yards out. He should be burying that. Um, however, you know, I would actually disagree with you on uh, Northampton. I thought Northampton looked good. They knocked the ball about well. They used the ball well. Um, and I was stood next to Bailey and we were saying that, um, you know, a few people saying, oh, Northampton aren't any good and all this type of stuff. I'm thinking, look, the way they use the ball and the way they're knocking it about <laughs> just shows they're a good side. Um, but yeah, look, I take quite a few positives from that game. I think Mo Silla looked quality in midfield. Um, you know, he looked solid. I think, um, you know, to get that goal on the forty, well, it'd been the forty-six minute just before the ref blew his whistle because we we're playing in the, um, in that water break injury time, so to speak. Um, you know, it was a perfect time to score, and I genuinely thought second half we can push on here. Um, obviously Northampton get the second, kill it. Initially, I thought it'd been fouled, but when you watch it back, there's no one near him. He just drops it. Um, you know, it's one of those. Lacey does an incredible save, probably better than some keepers we've had in the past. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, the guys there to tap it in. It's two one. Um, 
But yeah, I, mean, I know I mentioned your reactions to when we scored, but I've never seen someone react so slowly to to seeing Pulse score in my life. I mean, I was watching you. I, I didn't twig it the first time watching back um, on that video on Twitter. And I, I see you like complaining like you usually do. Um, and then you kind of realise that the ball's back in there, Umra, and then like everybody starts going divvy and then all of a sudden you realise your hands are like flipping going everywhere and next minute you're across to the Northampton, like pointing to the Northampton fans and everything. It was just brilliant to have that feeling again of us scoring and, um, you know, I think that's one of the disappointing things. We They scored a second and we go right up the other end. Fergie takes it round the keeper, literally just has to put it in the net, but they don't communicate. Umra like just puts it and the keeper saves it. And I'm like, how have we not finished that? And I think that was a big turning point because I think if we had finished that, we would have gone on and potentially nicked the three points. I genuinely believe that. I think we played some really good football. I'm I'm not going to say that we, we definitely deserve three points. I'm not going to say, oh yeah, we're absolutely class, but it was really positive because I know driving down, I know after Blackburn, we're all really, you know, quite negative about going on Saturday and we're like, oh, we can see us getting battered here and, you know, Northampton are a team that just missed out on promotion last season via the playoffs and, you know, we're a team that's really struggling. But as I've said in my tweet, for the first time this season, I actually walked away from that game thinking, you know what, we played well there. There's plenty to improve on still. You know, the two goals, as you say, were very scrappy and we didn't take chances, but we looked an awful lot better than what we have done so far this season. So who knows if we can get a three points this week, either against Tranmere or Bradford. I mean, Bradford to get three points would be a massive result considering how we've been playing and how they've been playing um, would be absolutely brilliant. But, you know, if, if we can build on Northampton this week and, and see where we get with that, I think it'd be um, really positive. But shout out to all the Pulse fans that, um, you know, travelled down there, 205 Pulse fans, um, we're in attendance, as you say, it was absolutely boiling. It was thirty-one point five degrees. Um, you know, so not not ideal playing conditions. But you know, at, at the end, the players came over. We showed our appreciation as ever. Um, and yeah, we've lost, but I came away from it not feeling too disheartened. Unlike Wimbledon, when I came away and thought, you know what, and Blackburn, of course, that was just. I don't know, I was poor, that was bang average. Whereas I actually thought we played some really good football against um a really decent side in in uh, in certain phases. So yeah, that concludes the Northampton review. Right, moving forward now with club news. And just before we do start to get into that, um just in the recent minutes we have um seen on Twitter the sad news that former Pooley. Len John Rose, a man who inspired so many um, from his diagnosis with motor neuron disease in 2017, has sadly this morning passed away. Um, our condolences and best wishes at this time go to Len's family and friends. I'm moving forward now to Friday's two for one news. Um, it was announced firstly that the club announced the signing of Wes McDonald, the attacker who joins the club on a permanent deal after recently leaving League One side. Markham uh, McDonald, he initially joined Fulham as a scholar before transferring 
to Birmingham City's academy. He was a regular in the Blues under-23 side and was earmarked as a first-team player by then-manager Gianfranco Zola. After leaving Birmingham, McDonald signed for Yeovil and Walsall on short-term deals before agreeing a two-year contract with League One side Morecambe. Capable of playing on both wings and as an attacking midfielder, McDonald will wear the number 11 shirt for the 22-23 campaign. Um, McDonald was quoted saying, I am direct, an attacking player that wants to get the fans excited and off their seats. I've had some good conversations with the gaffer and I knew straight away that Hartlepool was where I wanted to be. Paul Hartley also said that he was looking forward to working with Wes. He can go past people, create chances and strengthen our attacking line. He has vital experience with him after recently playing in League One and we're excited to get him going. And also with that came the news that we were delighted to also announce the new 22-23 IREA third kit sponsored by the Prestige Company and the PFC Trust. The away and third kit will have an initial allocation of stock on sale Wednesday with further stock arriving next week. Purchases available both online and in store. So given that double news on Friday, Jack, what was your thoughts and feelings after seeing this? Well, it was nice to finally see that we've released both our away kit and our third kit. Obviously, the away kit coming before um, Blackburn's trip. Um, third kit, yeah. You know, it, it it looks pretty smart. I don't want to be negative all the time, but I can't get over the badge on that shirt. I literally can't. The stitching around it. I know we've had this conversation, so we've compared it to Sheffield United, who have the same type of badger circle. Um and it just looks really clean around the badge. There's no like stitch markings or anything like that um, on the, any of their kits. Whereas when you look at pulls, especially with that one um, that we just released, the third kit, you could clearly see, and the away kit stands out. You can clearly see the stitching marks, which I know people are going to say, oh, that's really pedantic. And, you know, perhaps it is. We've got bigger things to worry about. And I'm not making a big deal out of it. I just think it it just doesn't look as sharp as it could. Davo, I think you agree with me on that one because um, you were nodding your head there. Um, but yeah, you know, we've brought in another body. I don't want to be someone who is negative towards a player before he pulls on the blue and white, but he scored seven in... <laughs> he's a 25-year-old, seven career goals. I know he's a winger, but... Surely the law of averages, as Jack Anderson said to me the other day, um, you should, if you're standing up top in that position or on the wing, you should probably be contributing more than seven career goals. However, look, fully behind him. We'll get behind him, as we always do at Pulls. Um, excited to see what he can bring. Obviously, you mentioned that has prompted a couple of things that I've missed out from the Northampton Review. Um, first of all, in relation to wingers, Jake Hastie, I, I thought he was... Um, at the weekend he just didn't look 100% match fit Sterry was taking up his position on the wing quite often which was not not exactly what you want to be seeing um, you know Hasty's a player that we all know has the quality to produce moments of magic although he hasn't done it in a pool shirt yet really we know he wants to take on his man etc but I just thought he was really really far from having any impact on uh, on Saturday at Northampton. Second point is we're playing five at the back. 
Now, if you're playing five at the back, like we did under Charlie, we had Fergie and Sterry, and they all got forward. They contributed with assists, and they bagged a couple of goals each. Playing five at the weekend, and Sterry and Fergie, apart from Sterry doing Hasty's work, are not getting forward as much until later on in the game. And I'm thinking, is that an actual plan that we're playing five at the back to be solid or try and be more solid, or are we playing five at the back with wing-backs and our wing-backs just aren't getting forward? Now, whether that's the style of play, how he's being told to play, I do not know, um, but something that needs to be picked up on. But yeah, fully behind Wes, hopefully he can hit the ground running at the club, hopefully he can contribute with some um, assists and hopefully some goals, boost that, perhaps get to double figures um, in his career goals whilst at the club. Um, and yeah, fully behind um, fully behind Wes, as I've said, and I know the rest of us supporters will be. Now, I know it's not good to always have favourites, but when we asked um, for contributions towards the um, podcast today and what, you know, we we could have as discussion points, Nick McNaughton asked an absolutely fantastic question and raised a brilliant point. Raj Singh had recently said in um, the match day programme against Wimbledon, that based on current business done, um, we're miles ahead of where we were last season. And Nick's asked us, Davo, is this something that we agree on and what particular aspects of that do we agree on? And, you know, it's a fantastic question. It's always going to spark an awful lot of debate. Um, a few people have said, well, is he perhaps talking about what's going on behind the scenes? Personally, I'm from reading things and I know a lot of people think the same. It's about the squad. He's talked about the business that we've done. Um, and that he was talking about recruitment. He was talking about Chris Trotter, all that type of stuff. So I think it's pretty safe to say that Raj Singh reckons we're a million miles away or ahead, sorry, of where we were this time last year. Now, we've put a vote out. It's still got half an hour left at the time of recording. However, over 200 of you have voted and 86% have said no, not a chance. That speaks volumes for me. Um, I just can't agree with Raj. I really, really cannot. I mean, how you can say, and this is no disrespect to the current squad, the current players. I don't want to mean it in that way. Um, But how you can say we're a million miles ahead of that. Yes, we brought in some quality. Um, you know, Josh Umara, um, Callum Cook, Alex Lacey and Ewan Murray look solid. Um, you know, yes, that's that's good, that's positive. And obviously, I think Jake Hasty has a lot of potential. Um, Mo Silla's look pretty solid. But are we a million miles ahead? I, I really struggle to, to get on board with that. I mean, look, if you compare the squads um, of the first game of the season... Um, of our return to the EFL, which obviously we triumphed over um, Crawley Town 1-0 at Victoria Park on the first game of our return to the EFL. We had Ben Killip in goal. We played five at the back with Sterry, Byrne, Little, Odessina, Fergie. We had Houlihan, Shelton and Featherstone in midfield and we had Olomola and Molyneux up top. Now, if you compare that, to the squad that started um, against Walsall, which was obviously the game in which we lost 4-0. You've got Killip in net. Um, you've still got Fergie, who's the same, and you've got Feds, who's the same. Other than that, 
there is not a single player that is in the team or the squad that was the same. I mean, was Crawford on the bench that game? Crawford wasn't on the bench either um, of that game against Crawley. So, look, we've not got people now, the likes of Gary Little, Neil Byrne, um, Gavin Houlihan, Luke Molyneux. None of them are in that squad. They've all left. And I think that says an awful lot about and kind of supports the argument against Raj saying that we're a million miles ahead of where we were last season. I just think it's a, all this talk about a playoff budget. Have we shown that? In my opinion, no, not at all. Um, you know, if, if we're playoff budget signing targets that we had set up, apparently so under Graham Lee, people like um, Chapman, who's gone to Bradford, um, Luke Armstrong, the likes of those people would show serious investment and would be, you know, we'd be offering those improved wages to Molyneux, Odessina. If you don't want to be there, fine. But from what I've heard, it was a fact that they were just wanting a bit more money. And if you've got a playoff budget, now people will say, well, Stockport and Bradford, their playoff budget is going to be different to ours. The playoff budget, wherever you are, obviously you've got to be relative to the league, but is serious investment because it takes serious investment to get out of leagues, whichever league you're in. National League is so hard to get out of. Um, thankfully, we managed to do that. Um, you know, and, and there wasn't a massive, there wasn't a massive budget then. But to promise a a big improved budget and not show that really does get on my nerves. And then, of course, you got Raj coming out saying we're so far ahead of where we were which I think personally is delusional. Davo, I've rambled on a bit there. I've touched on quite a lot. Um, but would you say you're aligned with the view that we're miles ahead or not? I'm going to answer a question with a question here. Is it fair to say, and this is not me in any way defending that kind of anecdote, but is it fair to say that that question can only truly be answered after the Stockport game in May? Well, it's a good question. It is, but you're talking about investment in a window. Now, you're saying playoff... He's saying there's playoff budget, there's an improved budget there for Paul Hartley to use. Now, have would I can, I'm going to ask you another question here. Um, <laughs> can, you, can you say to me, Jack, Raj has gone out there, he's invested, we've brought in players that show that we're really serious um, in terms of it's taken significant investment and we're really pushing for the playoffs. Can you say that hand on heart? I honestly do not know. And I think I think the appointment of Paul Hartley, I think this was one of the concerns that I had with that appointment was the fact that his experiences in the managerial world have all been in Scotland. And I think we always knew the chances were he was going to bring maybe Scottish players to the football club who nobody knows anything about. So I can't honestly say whether or not, I can't say for sure that these players are or are not playoff signings. Hence why I said, surely only towards the end of the season, we will know whether or not this was an acceptable summer window slash January transfer window. I understand what people are saying. I think... The signings we've made, do they get me excited? 
at the moment? Well, well, not really. But I think only truly time will tell. Yeah, but think... can you say that he... Do, have we made any signings that scream to you that serious investment playoff budget? Because as you've just said, you've kind of you've kind of made a good point, but kind of contradicted yourself a little bit. And this is no disrespect. They've come from Scotland and they've come from not massive clubs. I mean, you know, you know, you and Murray, championship at Killy, got them champions at Killy, got them promoted back. He was captain, they're in the premiership now. That to me is a really good sign for our level. It is. But can you say that we've shown serious investment anywhere else? I think when you compare it to the names we were hearing towards the back end of last year, that I'll say no, purely mm. based on that factor alone. But like I say, time will tell on that matter. We are three league games in and a League Cup game into our campaign. Yes, we haven't won a game, yes. Yes, we've only scored one goal, but there is business still to do in this window. You see, I don't think... I the don't season think doesn't end in August, Jack. No, yeah, but the point you're making is whether we've won a game or not. That's the quality of the signing. What I'm on about is you... And you've, you've hit the nail on the head without realising it. And I'm not saying that your opinion's wrong, but what I'm saying is that you are telling me that the names we were linked to, you will give an answer of no. Now, the names we were linked to tell me that that's serious playoff investment. People like Harry Chapman. You know, Callum Cook's a fantastic signing. He's a quality signing, OK? that That's a different thing to whether... I'm not this. I'm not really making the point about Callum Cook because I think Callum Cook and you and Murray are our best signings. What I'm saying to you is is that when you tell me that the names we were linked to are names that you would say were playoff budget quality or playoff budget investment, it's about investment, it's not the quality of the player necessarily, because you could get a playoff quality player on a free because his contract's run out and the club don't want to pay him, but we want to pay. But if you're going out there to buy someone like we would have to, with the likes of Chel um, Harry Chapman, et cetera, then that is showing playoff budget. Do you see what I'm getting at there? Oh, 110%. I completely not agree. I, I have already said, you know, if you listen back, that when you compare it to the names we were hearing, Chapman, Bryn Morris was more or less a done deal, ready to come into the football club in, in the summer. There was rumours signed that striker who went to Warsaw, like Danny Johnson, who's scoring goals for fun already mm -hmm. this year. That, for me, is like, wow, that is like intense. That is matching the ambitions that you're coming out and saying. And that yeah. is like, for me, that would draw anyone in the terraces at Victoria Park. You're having to pay more as well on things like wages, for example. So what I'm saying is it's the budget. Okay, that they can, as we said, we can get a player on a free and he could be absolutely class. Now that's fine. He's a quality signing. But have we gone out into that market and perhaps a target that we want, but we know we have to pay for can you say that we've necessarily done that? I think and if you're asking me, have we rep have we made signs that replicate that statement of a player's budget? Then I would say no, okay. 110% no. But I'm not going to judge the signings yet. Hence why I said to you, surely we can only judge this team towards the back end of the season when we have a true idea of where we can potentially finish. Yeah. Look, I, un I understand what you're saying. Um, I think the question was... Though we kind of veered away into another debate, 
Um, but the but question it is was, linked. are we are we a million miles ahead of where we were this time last year? Is your answer yes or no? <sighs> this time last year, exactly. Yeah, you know, Jack, I'm looking at the graphic now from the Crawley game and even from the Scunthorpe game, the team that we finished with. But this point last season, how I would like to have. I would like to have thought that we could have came to the season with a good chunk of these players, maybe re-signed some of the loan players, i.e. we both spoke about Jay Cole at the end of last season and thought, right, you know, we'd like to sign Jay Cole. I don't think, no, that we are a million miles ahead of last season. I really don't, at this moment in time, from what yeah. I have seen. Yeah, that's, I think that's what people are getting at. Because this time last season, we'd obviously won one, and we'd lost in the Carabao Cup, Cup to crew who were the league above, but we lost one nil, and then we lost to Barrow three two. So we'd already scored, um, we'd already scored three goals, and we conceded um four goals. So we are we so we scored more there, and we've conceded less. So I know we've played Blackburn in their championship quality. We've lost four nil, but if you look at the, the three league games, obviously the season started differently. Um, as as it's starting earlier uh, in the year, but we are not a million miles ahead of where we were at this point last year. And I think I think that's the question. I think you know it's it's fantastic that Nick's raised that. I think it's created some brilliant debate there, and it's great to see what see what people have been saying on Twitter and also voting. I mean, over two hundred of you have uh, interacted with that, which is absolutely fantastic, and it, it's what makes this podcast and um. You know, just as I quickly check there, it's gone up to 210 votes. We've had four uh, more votes in the last few minutes that we've been debating and 87% now um, have said no, not a chance. So, Davo, great to get your opinion on that. Obviously, um, we veered off into another debate, although it was linked, yes. Um, but we finally got round to answering the actual question, which uh, obviously was asked to us by Nick. And we've come to the conclusion in agreement with 87% of the voters as well, that we are no, not a chance, a million miles ahead of where we were this time last year. And the final part of today's episode, if you are listening ahead of Tuesday's clash, is the Tramia Rovers preview. It's 7.45pm kickoff for what will be our second home game of the current campaign. Tramier Rovers, the visitors, have opened up their form games with a mixed bag of results. Started off on the opening weekend of the campaign with a 2-1 home defeat to Stevenage. And they then followed that up with another defeat for their first away game, away at Mansfield, losing 1-0. Um, last week, they beat Acker and Stanley on penalties. Um, in the Carabao Cup after finishing the game after 90 minutes drawing 2-all and their most recent outing came just on Saturday winning very very comfortably beating Gillingham 3-0 their top goal scorers at the early stages is Elliot Nevis um, one goal and one assist registered for him so far and Kane Hemmings has exactly the same return, one goal and one assist. 126 meetings between the sides um, in history. Tramia winning 58, Hartlepool winning 41, and 27 times the game, the fixture has ended in a draw. The last meeting 
was on the 15th of February 2022, where Pearls won 1-0, courtesy of an own goal by Peter Clark. And just before I hand it over to you, Jack, for a traditional HUFC chat prediction, I am going for a one-all draw, courtesy of a goal for Pearls by Josh Ormer. Are you feeling any more confident than I am, Jack? I actually am. I'm going to be Mr. Positive now. Um, I'm going to say we'll do the job. We'll win 1-0. Um, I think we'll get the first three points of the season. Whether that's just optimism, um, I do not know. But, you know, I saw good signs, as I've said in the review of Northampton. I thought we played some good football and there's no reason why tomorrow can't be the start of us picking up some more points. So I'm not sure who's going to score. Um, but I, I'm going to say a 1-0 win. Before we do wrap up, Pulls have just tweeted literally um, saying we're encouraging fans to join us in a minute applause during the 52nd minute of tomorrow's game against Tranmere Rovers in appreciation of Len John Rose. Obviously, we um, brought the sad news to you earlier on this podcast. Um, sadly, Len has passed away um, this morning as Pulls have tweeted a great man both on and off the pitch. So, that wraps up yet another episode of HFC chat. Even more so importantly, um, you know, we've got to keep the faith. We've got to back the boys and we must never say die. We will see you in the next episode, obviously in around two weeks time, as that is what we are aiming to produce but thank you once again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope there's been plenty of debate. We hope you've enjoyed me and Davo disagreeing. Um, you know, it's always good to have a bit of, um, you know, differing opinions and different views. Um, and it's been absolutely fantastic to have people suggest different discussion points. And I think that's something that we'd like to encourage moving forward. So um, if you if there is any topic that you want us to talk about, do get in touch and we, of course, will deliver. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans